Like many of you, I grow weary of people who speed through our neighborhood. Anybody? In our neighborhood, the speed limit is 25 miles per hour, and I have seen it disobeyed by delivery drivers, maybe on board minivans, and lead-footed students trying to beat the first bell, and others. Add distractions like trying to balance driving with a a venti pumpkin spice latte with a loose app, or checking one's Instagram while driving. Add that and other stuff to the excessive speed, and you have a dangerous mixture for pedestrians, especially children. So my child's in college now. I'm still the angry dad in the neighborhood when they drive by. I'm out there working in the yard or whatever, and one of these speeders comes by, I'm out there, slow down. Perhaps you've seen some of the signs that people put at the edge of their driveway or on their street to help people slow down. There's a sign that I've seen in several places. I think there's one on Panetta. There's in my neighborhood. I ran by one jogging yesterday morning. And they're, they're good to help broadcast this message. But this particular sign I want to talk about today says this. Drive like your kids live here. Drive like your kids live here. Have you seen it? Raise your hand. Some of you, ovation, lots of you, you've seen it. Lots of you have seen it. A quick Google search will tell you the story behind the sign. Back in 2010, a Connecticut couple had moved into a new home, and they noticed excessive speeders in their neighborhood. In fact, one day they were walking their dog, and they were nearly run over by a speeding, distracted driver. So they decided to do something about it, and they made this sign, drive like your kids live here, and they stuck it in their yard. Well, that worked. It helped, and it the message spread. Other neighbors wanted the sign. It was a quick hit. Now uh, they have their own website and organization. You can get these signs and other similar ones on Amazon and at Home Depot and so forth. And they have proven to reduce speeding and distractive driving in their communities, which in turn helps reduce accidents and keeps children out of harm's way. All good. However, here's the problem that I see with this message. It's not the sign. It's not. And it, it, this, this, it's good. It's not the people who came up with the idea. It's the sign of the attitude of the driver is communicating to. The sign assumes that people will drive safer if their kids are in the neighborhood. It assumes an ugly reality in our society that if your kids don't live here, then you can drive as fast as you want because the other kids really don't matter as much. Somehow there's a priority to value some and not to others as much. Again, 
a good sign, a good message, good intention, nothing wrong with it. But the implication is that some don't matter as much. And when your kids are in the neighborhood, oh, then you need to be more careful. As Christians, we're to treat everyone as God's children. We've been involved in a message series on kindness over the month of October. And we're to understand that we're to treat everyone like one of God's children. The Bible says that God does not show favoritism. In Acts 10.34, in James 2.1, James 2.9, and some other passages, we don't get to pick and choose whom to love. Perhaps our yard sign here at church would be, be kind because God's children are everywhere. Be kind because God's children are everywhere. It's not just the kids that are members of your church, but it's the community around us. Hence, a strong emphasis on reaching our community through our church's visioning journey. Community continues to show up in all of the feedback that we receive from our membership. And you have heard that this vision for reaching our community has been incorporated into the new position that Tierra is going to be undertaking. Director of Children, Families, and Community Connections. God is kind, and we are to extend God's loving kindness to everyone, everywhere, not just because they're members of our church or in our own neighborhood, but rather because they are children of God. Just a, a brief recap. In our series, Kindness Culture, we've taken a deep dive into the way that kindness is revealed in the Holy Trinity of God, as well as the church. We looked at God as the creator of kindness. We spent time in the Gospels focusing on Jesus, who is the reflection of God's kindness, or the light. He is the light of the world, he said. Last Sunday, we were reminded that the Holy Spirit of God enables us to produce the fruit of kindness which is part of love, the fruit of love. And today we'll see how kindness was a part of the DNA of the church from the very beginning. At HRBC, our hope is that when the people in the community ask others about our church, what are the people like? That we will hear, or that they will hear a response like, like this, that, they are good and kind people at Huguenot Road Baptist Church. There's a genuine feeling of warmth there. They genuinely care about others, and they care about us too. In fact, as you heard me say, these are some of the comments that we've received from the members of our Merge or Newcomers class. And these were some of the comments that we received during our question and answer in our vision work. Today's passage from Acts 4 is a summary statement where Luke, the writer, is describing some of the unique qualities and values of the early Christians in Jerusalem. This is before they were scattered all about the Roman Empire because of the persecution of the church. If you were to ask, what were these early Christians like? Luke tells us in two places. Acts chapter 2 helps us to see the, the ways that they were engaged as a church, worshiping, teaching or discipling, 
reaching out or fellowship, fellowship in, in the community, giving to others, and missions. These are the foundation of the God-sized dreams and the pillars that we are working on here. But in chapter 4, Luke is more pragmatic and expresses the character and the values of the earlier followers of Jesus. They embodied a genuine kindness in their words and in their actions. The lives of the people outside of the church were transformed because of it. What do we see here in Acts chapter 4? Very briefly, four unique qualities of this early community of believers. There is a commitment to unity in verse 32. All of the believers are one in heart and mind. No one claimed that any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. They were one in heart and in mind. They were in one accord through the common experience of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. They had changed themselves because of Jesus, and there were this uh, became contagious as they started to share this good news with the community. They were a new community from the inside out. They were together in purpose, in heart, and in mind. This is echoed in Ephesians chapter 4 where Paul writes, There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father, of all who is over all, through all, and in all. They had a commitment to community. I am limited in what I can do for God, but we are virtually unlimited by what we can do together. United we stand, divided we fall. We can do more together as a church than we could ever do on our own. They had a commitment to unity. They had a commitment to the resurrection in verse 33. With great power, the apostles continued to testify to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work among them all. The resurrection had transformed them, and it helped them to transform their community. The leaders in these early Christian communities recognized that it was their job to continue to proclaim the resurrection of Jesus. One commentator writes, one mark of the continuity of the Christian church is the faithful passing on of the apostolic good news. He is risen. He is risen indeed. You hear that at Easter, but every Sunday is Easter Sunday for us Christians. We continue to worship on Sunday, the first day of the week, to commemorate that Jesus rose from the grave and on the third, on the third day after his death. We are resurrection people. And this resurrection caused transformation, which enabled the people to, to share the loving kindness of God through Jesus Christ in their words and in their deeds. So third, they had a commitment to share everything in common. They shared everything. Verse 34a, there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, they sold houses and they brought the money from the sales. There were no needy persons among them. Barnabas is a tangible example of this. A, Cyp a Levite from Cyprus, probably, uh, Levites didn't own prob property, but probably someone in his family, or maybe things were a little different in Cyprus, but he sold land and brought the money and laid
at the feet of the apostles, and it went to help in ministry. They shared everything in common. And fourth, they had a great commitment to serving the poor and others in their communities. There were no needy persons among them, and when the money from the sale of property was brought, verse 35 says, it was distributed to anyone who had need. They had a deep commitment to serving the poor. In fact, so much so that they gave so much away that this later on caused them to have their own financial hardships. And you remember how the Apostle Paul was instrumental in bringing gifts from some of the other newer churches, especially from Macedonia, the Corinthians, the Philippians, and that those funds came back to help the mother church. The legacy of the early community of believers continues to influence generations to come. As they were changed by the resurrection of Jesus, so are we. God resurrected Jesus. He didn't resurrect himself. And because of what God did for the incarnate Jesus, we believe that God can resurrect us from spiritual and physical death. God resurrects us not just for ourselves, but for our fellow human beings. God's kindness to us in Christ's death on the cross is something that changes the way we are to love and treat others. As you heard Jesus say, read in Scripture, and have heard me echo, do to others as you would have them do unto you. This is kindness culture, where God, in God's own way, bent over backwards in Christ Jesus by stretching out his arms to save us, to redeem us, and to help us to be changed and to change the world. In the same way, we are to bend over backwards in kindness to others. As the Apostle Paul wrote in Ephesians 4.25 and following, he says, Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. Let's continue to do our part to be the, to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to, to do our part with God's help that we would have a sustained kindness culture in this community reaching the communities around us. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you pray with me?